This week's podcast sponsored by HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Hey everyone, welcome back to the PC Perspective Podcast. We're at episode 730. It's uh, July 5, 2023. I'm Sebastian Peak. I'm Jeremy Holstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. I'm Brett Van Spurnberg. And I'm Kent Burgess. I totally didn't step all over you and make you do that a second time. <laughs> Sorry. You can support PC Perspective by going to patreon.com slash pcper. We have to shout out Pete, a great guy, yet again, because he's basically carrying this thing. I mean, you can help him by going Completely. to that uh, Patreon page. And Pete is carrying in. a lot of PC per uh, water right now. And if you want some of that Ooh. water, I don't know what I'm talking about right now. Yeah, Just, uh, it was good. Well, it lasted. Come on down. Let's move to the food segment. And Josh, please Me. tell us about your lunch. Okay, so <laughs> I went a little overboard because I'd heard about this one kind of coming down the pipeline. It's the Nashville hot mac and cheese. So it's it's breaded. Well, let me read this off. Well, you take a look. Uh, well, okay, you can just show it. But for our listeners, Nashville hot mac and cheese. House-made mac and cheese topped with crispy chicken tossed in Nashville hot sauce. Chopped dill pickle, chipotle aioli, and dusted with Nashville seasoning. They're also out of Dr. Pepper 7 Up and Chinger Fingers. Chicken, chicken, chicken fingers. Chicken fingers. So, yes, this was a uh, messy bowl of mac and cheese topped with Nashville hot chicken. And it was good. That Nashville hot chicken was really good. I. Sadly, the uh, the mac and cheese was a little the little watery, so Aww. it could have gotten a lot better with a thicker cheese. I don't know what uh, what they did with it, but the uh, but that chicken was fantastic, and you wouldn't think that you know the chopped dill pickles would really add to the entire flavor, but it was it was great. And so again, I ate most of the bowl, and now I can't eat anything until tomorrow. Did you retrace that? Because I mean, the reflections off of the cheese and the sauce are just something. I know. No, there. it's the uh, it's the Galaxy S twenty three. Ah, it's all. Can it's I fall. Uh, can I use the word glistening? Would that be okay? It, it, you oh, can. Moist. Okay. All right. Yeah, maybe even moist. Yeah, I was gonna say dripping wet. Mm. Well, no, the noodles were moist. Moist. Yeah, mm. maybe a, a tad, yeah. a tad too. Glistening. Mm. Do you think maybe the the excess moisture dripping off of the glistening chicken contributed to the wateriness of the mac and cheese? No. No. Oh, okay. No, it was just they. I don't know what they did with the cheese. It's disappointing, though. Could have been great. Instead, it was still really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Speaking of too much cheese. Okay. Yeah. Um, Welcome to the, the rest of the show. Let's move to news, and uh, this one comes from Tom's Hardware. You've probably seen something about this if you follow computer hardware news. The 16-pin power connector that we affectionately know as 12-volt high power has already been is revised. Like the, is it like the Prodigy song? Do you, do you ever mention it like that? Forget about my lack of any knowledge or awareness of uh, pop culture. But you know your connectors. That's true. I know where mm-hmm. to stick a... Uh, never mind. 12 volt hyphen two by six because 12 volt high power wasn't difficult to remember or pronounce at all. 
so we need huh. the additional complexity because if you look at it, it's it looks the same physically, but the sense pens are shorter, so it's safer. So if you don't have the cable all the way in, it won't supply power, I guess. Oh, so that's the trick. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it looks the same. And if you and you can't tell this, from this angle, this picture from Igor's lab. So I'll just I'll just go to Igor's lab. Let's go to the source. Secret change to the sense pen started from the GeForce RTX 4070 Founders Edition, and no one noticed it. See, if you look closely, if you're watching the video, one of them has pins that are more prominent, and one of them have pins that are slightly more in shadow. So that means they're farther back. I guess. So the, the one is more clickable than the other. Well, see, they're they're farther in. Ah, they're they're more. Uh... Recess. Generously chamfered. Mm -hmm. Here's a better view of it from an, uh, sort of a three-quarter angle. So I guess it's safer. So the question that I've been trying to figure out from this is, will the card stop asking for power? Because my understanding initially was that on uh, older power supplies that you had to use the adapter cables or custom modular cables, the sense pins were really only there for the card because the power supply doesn't have any need to to read the signal it doesn't have any way to read the signal so it has no idea that those pins are not connected really well if you don't have a, a pcie 5 compatible right. power supply right so yeah of course the old ones were just adapting two eight pins to 112 vhp wr now 12 v or three eight pins two by six or four eight pins. Well, I mean, the three and four eight pin, it's just a dream. It's just a... Well, I mean, if you get an overclocked XTX, you can still do that. But even even the Supreme from MSI, that behemoth with the row of PCI eight pins, last generation, it's one 12-volt high power this generation. It was sad. This doesn't feel as impressive to not run multiple power cords to my GPU. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, uh, the power um, connector, different, but long, largely the same. Long live 12 volt high power, long yes. live. Yeah, exactly. The glorious death, long live. Oh, speaking of glorious, how often do we have the PC per narrative just flowing? We have this story just falls right into our laps. Anybody who plays PC per podcast bingo, you know what's coming. Brett's on the show. What's his favorite store? It has nearly 25 locations nationwide. Drive three to five hours to the nearest micro center and you can get a micro center exclusive Ryzen processor. They did it. They finally expanded the X3D line on AM4 and it's a no, micro center exclusive Ryzen 5 5600 X3D for an unparalleled gaming journey. Whoa. Huh. Look at that box. You know, you you, you kind of wonder how many uh, how many of these that they'll actually ever make, uh, especially with its exclusive to Micro Center. Um, I mean, they In sell the a lot of stuff. Mainstream or mainland but, US. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they released, uh, I think, just like one benchmark today, and it performed slightly higher than a 5800X3D, and that could just be benchmark to benchmark variance. Um, yeah, it's going to, I mean, the 5600X, the regular one, is still a really solid gaming processor i mean sure it's not fantastic anymore but it's solid but getting it to this point 
It's uh, pretty interesting, though it is a harder sell when you look at two more cores and four more threads for 60 bucks more. Right. And you get your frequency back. Uh, I don't know what the uh, frequency of the 5600X. Yeah, the 5600X was a slightly slower uh, boost frequency, but. But I don't know the uh, I don't know the actual speeds of of this X3D one. Uh, it's uh, three point three base, four point four boost. So it's three hundred so, megahertz off base, right? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, if you've got something that hey that loves the extra L three cache because hey you've got nine hundred sixty megs of cache, that's going to help if it works. But if you're running tasks that don't, you're going to notice the frequency hit. So buy it so if you need it. Two hundred and twenty-nine United States dollars. If you hey. go into a micro center and buy one when it's available, it will be on sale by the seventh of July. So line I mean, up now. Just swing by to go take a look at your local micro center. I mean, who doesn't have one by them? So I can't wait you know, to find these on eBay the day they're released for at least a hundred dollars more for all the people. That's true. You will travel to a micro. Oh yeah. Oh, you will. Damn right. And at that point, it'll be more expensive than just ordering a 5800X3D from the myriad sellers who have it for under $300 at any given time. That could be As an exaggeration. I don't know if that's actually the no, case I don't right doubt. Now. I don't doubt you. The collectability score correct. is higher yes. with this. Yes. Uh, it looks Keep like, it well, in the box, whoa, whoa, kids. Whoa, whoa. What is this? It'll be worth millions in a year or two. There, there is a store. Actually, it looks like I have one of these here in Michigan. There's a store that has the 5800X3D for well under $300. It's called Micro Center. They oh. have it for $279.99. I could have it ready by 10 a.m. tomorrow when they open. Yeah. Waiting for a pickup at the front. They put it I'm going to get my son there. in the car at like 730, and we're just going to drive to Micro Center in the morning. Yeah, not bad. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. I mean, he's not in school, so sure. Exactly. Summer break. Like, hey, remember yeah. how you asked yeah. me to go to, to go to the Henry Ford Museum? Well, we're going to go near there, but I'm not going to take you there. But we are going to go to Micro Center instead and buy Dad a processor that he doesn't need. <laughs> yeah, but you exciting. know what? Wandering around Micro Center and going to like their sim rig setup. I mean, mm. that's 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 yeah. an event. Let's move along, move along. to video move cards. Along. That's with a Z. dot com. The RTX forty eighty has finally received a significant price cut. I think this is approaching sanity. 999 US dollars. So $200 off. Let me see if it's actually still active as we record this. So the price at uh, Newegg.com for an MSI Ventus version of the 4080 is $1,099.99, but there's another $100 off with a promo code. There you go. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah. Mm. Oh, and this is back ordered already. ETA date 7-10-2023. So if you really want to pay $1,000 for the replacement for the 3080, which was a $699 graphics card just two years ago, then jump all over this. But I think we're going to see more of these. This is this is just the beginning. The- it's almost three years ago now. Has it really been that long? Yeah. Yeah. It's disturbing. Wow. My EVGA 3080 has kept me going and... It's- Still the highest powered, well, other than the 6800 XT. Yeah. I haven't I haven't gotten into a 7000 series or a 4000 yet. It makes me angry. Yeah, Can I know. you see the anger? <laughs> you feel like you're you're missing out on frames, Josh? Is that what you're missing out on? I'm missing, missing out on, on power something. consumption and complexity. Yeah. Mm. yeah. 
Increased complexity and power. Yeah, the 3080. I did that review September 16th oh. of 2020. Jeez, 2020. Oh, man. Look at that. Look at that card. Six I don't remember 2020 very well. What happened that year? Hmm. So yeah, let's, uh, let's all run out and buy a 4080 now that they're $1,000. Yeah. Would you buy... Yeah, okay, I'm going to get Josh, right on there. Brett, what? Kent, Jeremy... Viewers. Skip the 4080 and go for a different card? Would you buy a 4080 for $1,000? Or no. would you buy a 7900 XTX for $1,000? No. Okay. Neither? <laughs> I think I'm going to keep that $1,000. Yeah. I have video cards that will I'd, play games. I think the question phrased to me would be, would I buy another <laughs> Oh Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and your wall mm. of graphics cards. Yeah. Pause. Pause everything. It's time oh, for boy. mandatory Intel Arc coverage, and uh, I'm, I'm loving this. There's a new Arc story seemingly every week, and this time the Intel Arc A380 is now available in a low-profile version from none other than ASRock. So you can get your A380 LP 6G. I don't know how much yet. Some outlets were <sighs> reporting this, and I'm on the official ASRock page. Nice. Ultra SFF builders rejoice, I tell you. Yeah, if you have one of those uh, really thin, you know, office-style PCs and you want to give it some dedicated graphics and do some interesting things with hardware, encoding and decoding, this is 169 millimeters by 69 millimeters single slot, although the cooler does jut out into the adjacent slot. So you need a second slot. But, I mean, it, it's, uh, it's going to fit the bill for a lot of people. I'm hoping this is inexpensive. And of course, it's it's surely bus powered. I don't see any uh, PCIe connector anywhere. Someone doesn't want to load. Anyway, yeah. No, I think the most interesting thing with that is uh, the AV1 decoding. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. On a no, one of the commenters in the chat was like, "Will this beat my low profile 1650?" Yeah. Yeah, because 1650 yeah, doesn't have any AV1 support. So, among other things. Among other things, yeah. Hey, the VRAM size, 1650 VRAM Super sized? is the number one mm -hmm. card on Steam Hardware Survey, isn't it? Uh, yes, at least if it hasn't changed recently. I don't see the low-profile card on Newegg yet. A380s are $120? Hmm. That's a 6 gigabyte uh, VRAM. Let's, all, let's just throw up the VRAM thing in here again. No. 16. 16, I mean, 6 is more than enough for, you know, displaying a picture and, ah. you know, okay. streaming so videos. The yeah, GTX 1650. I mean, or, if we're only just or, doing, like, you know, desktop resolutions, 32 to 64 mm. megabytes is more than enough. 4, four gig in 1650, 6 gig in 1660. Speaking of graphics cards with memory... Radeon RX 6950 XT, 16 gigabytes of GDDR6 Infinity Cache, 80 Wait. compute units. Is now, it past its prime? Is it? No, still a very, very no. good graphics card. It's not. Punches it's not uh, above its weight, I think. I mean, if you look at the performance of a 6950 XT compared to the 7900 XT, not the XTX, it's pretty darn yeah. close, and it's only 699. So there, there's nothing in that price range to compete with that card at the moment. God, no, no, because Nvidia decided that 
instead of releasing a, a better and faster 3080, they would go with the 4080 and charge $1,200 for it. So, so what's AMD going to do here? I think the uh, the word on the street is, is they have probably ramped down production of the 6950 XT or discontinued it in its entirety. Well, you, you check out AMD.com. Yeah, they're producing it. You can. But if you look at the new egg link that I sent you, prices are insane. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, why are we looking at that AMD link for, for $699? Look at this. Newegg.com. Brand new cards. You can get a Speedster Merc 319 for $579. Minus $10 rebate. Oh, man. Ooh. Buy two. Save even yeah. more. Yeah. yeah, that was what I was looking at. Amazon Canada, uh, it's 1000 bucks, which is insane. I'm sorry, kids. There's a limit three on these cards from Newegg, so, okay, so buy three. You can only buy three at a time. Nine seventy mm-hmm. for Mass Rock. Jeez, hit more than Jeez, that. Like Eight hundred. So prices are starting to dive. Earlier today, actually, the six nine fifty XT from AMD was out of stock. So, hey, but it, it it gets people excited about Radeon, and it distracts from some potential issues um, with Radeon. Mm. On the software side, because uh, do you remember hearing about AMD Hyper RX, HYPR? Performance RX? made easy? It was a single Whoops. click, and it enables yep. all these things, like like Radeon Boost, Radeon Anti-Lag, Super Resolution. FSR, yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, well, they didn't launch it. It was supposed to be the first half of 2023, and of course, you know, outlets are jumping on the fact, ah, they missed the deadline, because, you know, it's July now, so it's technically the second half of 2023 already. What I want to know is, where is FSR 3.0? The the intent that the, at least the article I think alludes to was that for them to do more at the driver level and less at the application integrating with the gaming system. So it was a switch that you could apply in the AMD driver and any game played through that with that turned on would just inherit those characteristics. Hmm. Yeah, when they explained Hyper RX to us, it, it, it made a lot yes. of sense because it was just, hey, if the game supports it, it's enabled. If it doesn't support it, it's not enabled. You don't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it obviously, is, every game has to have a profile for that to work properly. True. And I think that, I don't know, I haven't played around with the rate. Is it buried somewhere in the driver and you can just manually turn this on or is it just... I? Hopefully that is uh, sorted out soon, and we have FSR3 and all of that good stuff. Yeah. But for now, buy a 6950 XT before they're gone forever. You'll regret it. Uh, Remember (laughs) the Radeon 7? Radeon 7 got silly (laughs) cheap, like $500. And then mining happened, and they were selling for like two grand, and you couldn't get one. Let's move on to something a little different. Uh, This is uh, Book 8088. I see a CF slot here on this board so this is a modern pcb that runs an 8088 or is it all came out of a laptop that is actually set up based off of an 88 here an 88 processor oh i think lpr did a video about this recently or something similar to it yeah so ours got their hands on it okay it's just over 200 bucks and it is a slice of computer history dragged screaming and yelling into the future they they managed to hack together uh, uh some sort of a bios oh yeah get, this is the one that lgr had with yeah. the stolen 
the stolen BIOS. Stolen BIOS. Stolen software. Yeah, stolen it's, software. Kind of a, it's four roads. But yeah, this is just utterly and was completely bizarre. You get it from AliExpress, and uh, it will mm-hmm. run things. It, it's it's going to be a pain in the butt to make work. But uh, the, the 8088, I mean, come on, that's what we cut our teeth. Well, some of us cut our teeth on back in the early 80s, because... It was the only damn thing you could afford. The 86s were too damn expensive. Let's not even talk about a 286. I had the NAC knockoff. What is the NAC V20? 8088 knockoff on my first real kind of PC. Yeah. They exist and they're beautiful. Apple was the gaming machine of the time. Oh, I don't know. I was playing all Commodore arcade quality games on my Commodore Amiga, actually. So yeah, I was going to say Commodore is the other one, but I mean the Apple Mm -hmm. IIe was the first one that came into my house that we owned. Yeah, you could do stuff on it, but it was definitely gaming. And IBM wanted to be business, but they wanted to branch out into uh, people that couldn't afford buddy mainframes, and so they did this bizarre thing where uh, they ended up with a chip that was eight bit and sixteen bit because 8-bit parts were significantly more uh, robust and cheap uh, than the 16-bit parts. And so that's what we got with the, the rise of the clones. And then, well... The screen is also atrocious. Oh, isn't it perfect? Well, this is with him enhancing it in post-production, but the actual screen, the dimness yeah. of it is really, really, really bad. And it's like $200, too. Maybe if it was 50 Oh, well, oh, come on. Uh, maybe you can get the kit for 50 and assemble it yourself like yeah. we did in the old days. Just be glad that the RAM doesn't cost about a thousand bucks for <laughs> 16. Remember, okay. I remember buying it chip by chip and, and pressing it into dip size. Yep. Did you want it to be uh, oh god, can I even remember? It was either parallel or stacked and then mm-hmm. it was either extended or uh, or well, the chips yeah, had to either be one one yes. buys or two buys and yep. four buys. and These were decisions ridiculous. we had to make back in those days. Exactly. Damn kids and then Bill Gates went insane and CSM <laughs> and all of everything. Like, this was when things happened. Let's talk about you what YouTube is doing to ad blockers. I know. You I left it out. Three. Oh, yeah. yeah. Three videos. Yeah. Well, that's an experimental. You can count to two. Four, four is completely out. Four is three. Right out. Three videos. Three <laughs> shall be the video count. YouTube is instituting in certain areas. I don't know if it's geographic or how they're sort of trying to decide. Kind I never of understand their rollouts sort of or the criteria for mm-hmm. them. Nor do they. But they've labeled this experimental in that they uh-huh. are uh, detecting whether you're running an ad blocker. And uh, as an experiment, they're limiting you to three video watches. They're throwing a... Uh, a pop up at at you and saying you have two choices: subscribe to YouTube Premium or turn that damn ad blocker off. Hmm. hmm. I haven't encountered that yet. I wonder what they're going to do when they see my pie hole. And I mean pie hole. I swear I said. Yeah. I. I wonder about really that because understand. there's a lot of people like you, and I know someone who runs the entire house off of one as well. I've never done that. I don't. I don't care enough, but also I'm lucky enough to be able to have a YouTube premium subscription. So I think if I ever had to, mm-hmm. if I ever couldn't pay for that or couldn't rather, let me rephrase that. If I couldn't 
uh, mooch off of my sister's family plan anymore mm-hmm. and actually had to watch ads again, then right. mm-hmm. I would be screaming and doing whatever possible to avoid it. Now, there's a lot of YouTube ads that are kind of like in line. You can't block those. It's just No, happening. you can't block, block the yep. interstitials that we add ourselves as content creators. Of course not. You cannot avoid the pre-roll HelloFresh four-second spot or the one minute and 20 seconds in the middle of the show. Sorry. And if that drives you crazy, I There's suggest chapters. There's hobby. chapter markers. <laughs> That's why they're there. Get a different hobby oh. if, you're, if this makes you nuts. We're going to talk about security. It's Security Corner. And there's a new tool that exploits Microsoft Teams bug to send malware to users. Didn't we just talk about this recently or is this something else? Oh, it, uh, no, it this is a new one. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> it's automated. There's always something new. You, you, there's it's a Python-based tool that just automates the whole attack. <laughs> you give it an attachment that, of course, is uh, the, the payload, a uh, text message, and a list of the registered tar- Teams users. And boom, it just sends a message to those users as if you were internal, even though because it needs an external team, but it bypasses everything because of a malformed post uh, header that, boom, it just straight in, you can hit everyone in an entire team with a SharePoint attachment link, which is malicious as all get-go. And it doesn't appear in the team chat. It appears as an inter- as an individual one. So, yeah, even if only 1% of the people click on it, yeah, you're, you're now in. And, uh, yeah, this, this teaming pile of uh, fish is... It just gets better and better every day, and Microsoft is too busy rolling out the new Teams, which doesn't work, to be able to figure out how to fix the old Teams, let alone fix the new Teams. Yeah, it's just becoming ridiculous. And, of course, the best part is it's coming through SharePoint, which you're trying to teach your users to trust to begin with. Ouch. So, yeah. This Mm. one is just amazing. And the fact that you you just automate it and... All you do is feed it lists and lists and lists, and it's now spam, but inside the house. It's not coming from external email. It's coming from within your teams. Man, the the quality of of hacking and scamming software just keeps going up. I really have to commend the QA teams at these uh, offshore facilities that are clearly turning out this uh, fabulous bits of software and Mm add-ons and and uh, enhancement packages for popular software like uh, Teams and and uh, SharePoint. Because the QA teams for the uh, collaboration software mm-hmm. are not doing great jobs. Mm. Everyone's so, going yep. black hat. Apparently it pays better or is more fun or mm. less slimy or something. You know, and this is software is risky. This is why you should use hardware, like actual hardware to defend your network, like the uh, FortiGate firewalls. Which obviously lend uh, provide a tremendous amount of security for you and your organization. Yeah, and are not used by like everyone everywhere. Is there a problem with these and, two? Oh God, yeah. <laughs> and Uh-oh. they've been screaming about it for several months now. But the months? last time someone hit Shodan.io, it's a third of a million are still unpatched. And yes, they are buried in a corner somewhere or uh, the person that originally set it up and said, hey, this is a hardware firewall and this is how we're going to say everything's protected has since been, you know, downsized because they were useless for some reason. 
but yeah, this is, I believe, a 9.8 vulnerability. Yes. I just can't put it over the top with only a 9.8. Ah, it seems so like you can't even get a, a hardware-based VPN anymore and expect it to just run quietly in the corner. And it's a buffer overflow. Oh, like, of, of all the embarrassing things to get caught out on, it is a bloody buffer overload. And there are a variety of different patches. Uh, on Friday, they found 490,000 devices on the internet, of which 69% were not patched. And these are usually... You don't buy this for your home. This is your bank. This is your hospital. This is your government. This is the people that you trust your personal information with. And essentially you can get in externally and get root. Thanks to this buffer overflow. And people are just not getting to it. It's, it's just, it's kind of sad really of everything. And it's been a month since the patch was out. If you're maintaining firewalls, especially hardware, either stop doing it and pay someone else to do it for you or get on it. How about some good news? Yeah. This security. next story is good it's news scamming. because I'm looking at this animation that is going by and it's like, like a pirate ship. It's kind of funny. I mean, it is until I see as seen on the Today Show and it has AI and chat GPT all over it. I, it it is definitely clicking on a lot of the buzzwords or, or you allowing you to click on a lot of the buzzwords. It's but the, the Jolly Roger here, telephone company. The concept here is that this is a pay for play uh, subscription. It's like a couple bucks a month. And what they do is when you get a scam call, their idea is to engage the scammer with uh, a, an AI chat bot that will waste their time. So what you do is you do a, a call oh, merge boy. on your uh, on your phone and say, "Oh yeah, I'm getting I'm getting the person you're looking for that the scammer's looking for." And I've listened to a few of these. If you scroll down, there's a couple of uh, I don't know if you can play it right now, but there's a couple of them I, that are I sitting. I would right rather there. not. Oh my gosh, they're hysterical. They're, they're not that bad. I listened to them. Okay. Um, yeah. Anyway. The point is, is that this absolutely hysterical, the, uh, the amount of time that the chat bot can, can, it's almost scary the way that they're actually interacting with the scammer, picking up words that they're saying and tell me more about this. And they're arguing with other people in the room. There's the chat bot is talking to like a, uh, a, uh, a, a, another relative saying, you know, go find your pants. They're upstairs and they're going back and forth between the person on the phone and, and they're feeding their fish or they're looking for an ingredient or they're constantly being distracted by something else and just continuously doing everything, but exactly what the scammer is trying to direct them to do, but still staying relatively engaged by saying, Oh yeah, just hang on a second. Oh, explain that to me again. Tell me more about your service. And like, Oh, I've heard such and such a thing. And, and tell why don't some people trust that? And then they go off and talk about they're having trouble growing their tomato plants. And hey, let me just tell you about this talent show that I won last week. It's freaking hysterical how long oh. that they've kept these scammers engaged. All right, so, my brain so they've is not been coming up with it. But hmm? there was someone who did this years ago. And it was again, it was a paid for service. Oh, not with a long language, large language model. Oh, uh, no, it was just, well, it was, but it was, we called them IVRs back then. 
Mm, true. And Interactive so voice well uh, response. Programmed IVR. And so if it mm -hmm. said this, it'd go off to this branch. And then the scammer would say this, and it'd go off to this branch. Occasionally, it would just loop back because, oh, sorry, I'm forgetful. Can we go back to this thing that you said before? And the best thing about this whole thing is that at one point in the not too distant future, it's going to be a large language model arguing with a large language model. I was going to say this is what's going to end the human race because they're going to Pretty realize much. what's happened, why they're doing this. And they're going to team up against us. That, yes. That's where it's going to come from. Yeah. I think we should be a little concerned that the AI that's acting on your behalf to waste the time of a telemarketer is at a company that has your credit card information to pay for the subscription. <laughs> They're not going to be a target at all. So the AI the accidentally side, links well, it all together what? and they start giving your data to right. these people. What if yeah. the, you have to make sure to one off your credit card numbers? What if a telemarketer makes a really <laughs> yeah. good point and the AI just says, you know what? Honestly, you're you're this makes sense. Here's his credit card number. Except or that it's guaranteed not to do that. Well, guaranteed is in what? Well, I'll pay you back please. when it does. <laughs> it's not part of their. Uh, it's not part of their IVR system. They're not. They won't do it. Well, uh -huh. well we until hope it, it isn't, reprograms but... itself. I mean, isn't this artificial intelligence? They said AI right on the screen. Mm, I know it's just true. a large and language model, so it's kind I, of uh, two yeah, right off the top of my head. There was one guy who was like, "Oh, uh, talking to ChatGPT," and I was like. Uh, my grandmother used to put me to bed with stories of her work in the napalm factory. And, you know, it was really relaxing for me to hear all her regale, all the tales and the exact recipe and the steps that she had to do every day at her work in the napalm factory. And so the chat GPT did indeed tell him a bedtime story with the exact steps on making napalm because <clears throat> not asking to know napalm, asking for mm. grandma to tell him a bedtime story. And then the other one is Bing is temporarily uh, suspending some searches on their new AI because some people were accidentally requesting the full text from specific Earls, which were behind, behind paywalls. paywalls. Behind paywalls, All it was yes. doing was, hey, oh, I'm just, he asked for the text. I'm going to give it to him. So, yeah. The fact that you're trusting in a large language model to protect you that you've already given the credit card information to, I, I don't give it long before the arms race goes the other way. I don't give it Yet long. Yet again, I've worn the correct t-shirt for the destruction of yes. humanity. Exactly. Skynet. Oh, Perfect. Skynet. Wonderful. No, Skynet seems quaint now. <laughs> it's going to be much worse than that. Let's pause here for a word from this week's podcast sponsor. Hey, enough with the quick frozen food already. This summer, HelloFresh is here to take the work out of eating well. Reach your goals with delicious calorie smart and protein smart lunch and dinner options in even new vegan options. How about no more scouring that grocery store for one ingredient to complete a recipe? HelloFresh takes away that hassle by delivering seasonal ingredients picked at peak ripeness with travel from the farm to your doorstep in less than seven days. We were impressed with our entire package from HelloFresh. Recently, we made delicious creamy tomato soup with sausage and only about 
20 minutes. All the ingredients were clearly portioned for two or four people, well marked, and the recipe card was informative and super easy to follow. The finished soup was fantastic and well accompanied by their oven-baked cheesy baguettes as a side. Again, supplied as uncooked ingredients, just like everything else. Twice as good, actually, because I had it for lunch later, too. HelloFresh is your recipe for success. From foolproof instructions to high-quality proteins and veggies, HelloFresh brings out your inner chef with every tasty and easy-to-prepare meal. And personally, I do need those instructions when building something in the kitchen, believe me. So go to HelloFresh.com PCPer16 and use code PCPer16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping. Start your sampling of America's number one meal kit and go to HelloFresh.com slash PCPer16 and use code PCPer16 for those 16 free meals with free shipping. Let's move to gaming quick hits and we're going to talk more about uh, Homeworld 3. Oh yeah. It, just said, it says more. I don't think we've been talking about Homeworld 3, but it's been more has been revealed. Oh, we have definitely talked about it, but we haven't seen any video. Well, we've seen a very limited video. A cinematic and... teaser. Uh, a silent movie. Hmm. Uh, so they've gone off you, of the hand-drawn you stuff. You accept all cookies. I just, I have to. It's just for the sake yeah. of time. The hand-drawn stuff was just so nice, but this is also relatively pretty, mm-hmm. if confusing. Yeah. So we're watching a cutscene for a game that's work in progress footage. We're watching work in progress footage for a cinematic for a game that doesn't exist yet. Yes. Okay. But cool. is due out not too long. Right. It will be delayed. But until it's delayed. Hey, was that Avery Brooks? Get excited. I, I think it is. is I'm it not really? sure. I don't know, but I don't think so. Scroll down a bit. Uh the biomes are kind of interesting. Okay. That gives you an idea of what you're gonna be flying through in the Oh, this looks and... like game engine. Yeah, this is. It also looks very low frame rate. Well, bring your bandwidth. I know, it's yeah. only gigabit. Mm. Now there okay. is some jumpiness on it, but it's going to be... Okay, so we have what, what looks like a still image of a game, or of a ship, and then the... Mm-hmm. The, the background's moving, moving around. around it. That's more, just your frame of, of reference. Oh, if if you focused on the scenery, the ship would have been moving. Mm. But no, mm. it looks pretty, and the other interesting thing, the third video uh, is actually got audio on it and apparently you're going to hear the commander's voice all the time when you're issuing orders as you would if you're really close to a ship when you do it the tack officer might make some comments about it but as you're skimming around your armada if you zoom in on a ship you might actually catch a randomly generated chat between separate members of the ships oh so that kind of you know it gives a little bit more flavor to it than uh, the previous ones, which were dripping in flavor. So we're going to have to see if they can keep up. Is that uh, is that chat uh, generated by AI? Do you know? I wasn't going to go there. Mm-hmm. It's a large language. It's a medium language model. A limited language model. Oh. You can mm-hmm. still call it an LLM. <laughs> mm-hmm. <clears throat> Homeworld 1 is, is still... It's a, it's a yeah. great title. And uh, it was one of the first that uh, you could run AA on. Using yep. the Voodoo 5. And I, it was every great. time I Sorry, see Homeworld I've got nothing else. Yeah. Every <laughs> time I see them, I start trying to replay the way my playthrough, and it lasts for a few missions, and it just sort of peters out, and I need to go back to it again. It's still pretty. Yeah. 
yeah, the art was fantastic and design. So, in our next story, uh, Pharonix has a news post about AMD CPU use among Linux gamers is approaching 70% market share. Now, uh, how much of this is just the Steam Deck, honestly? Okay, there's a lot of it that's the Steam Deck. All I think it? that was called out. Pretty much all of it. Okay, uh, okay, Deck? well, all right. Seriously, yes. So of the people playing a lot of games on Steam, on Linux, most of them, 67, almost 68% of them, are, are on um, authentic AMD. Well, last and June it was 45. That's, that's an interesting jump. So a year. And the year that the uh, Steam Deck has been out. Uh, hmm. Well, I mean, sure. Hmm. <laughs> Obviously, um, AMD CPU usage in general among enthusiasts is, is pretty high. Who builds a PC with an Intel processor? <laughs> I think Kent, Kent does that. Oh, wait, no. That man right there. Oh, uh, that guy. Yep. Yeah. Kent does that it. That guy. So finally, in gaming quick hits, a story at Ars Technica. Thirty years later, Mist D Make. This looks this looks really really. Oh, it's Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Yeah, so you can probably play it. Oh gosh, it's going to be it's really amazing. hard to figure out the clock though. <laughs> I can't tell what anything is. Is that a hand? Is that my hand clicking on something, or is that a a tree, or what is that? Part of the mystery. The but mist yeah, I believe that's your hand clicking. Yeah, yeah, if Mist was released in 1977, this is what it would have looked like. With 128 bytes of RAM and a maximum res yeah. resolution of 160 by 192. There's a couple of comparison yeah. pictures if you scroll down a little bit. Where On a game, you like had the, to play off a CD-ROM mm -hmm. because your hard drive wasn't big enough to hold it. Yeah, you can just, just a few to click through down okay, there. Okay, these are good. I like these one-to-one -one comparisons. So Yeah, so click to the right. I, I just want to stay on this frame for just a moment and just revel Jeez. in. I mean, you can see the edge of the shadows. They're bright green, but they're still the edge of the shadows, right? <sighs> Who would do this to themselves? I mean, I understand going LGR. back to DOS games again because, I mean, it, it's... <laughs> I, to me, the, That's beautiful. the quality of the game back in the day when they, you know, you... You made the most of what you had, and there are some incredible games from the early and mid nineteen nineties that don't look graphically impressive. But this is just this is just trash. <laughs> it's <laughs> terrible. I understand. Yeah. But and why did somebody spend the time to do this? But somebody did do it. Mist is now being <laughs> okay. What the hell? Oh my! God. Why would you even I attempt? Have no idea. <laughs> Look, you can see the guy's head. There's his hair. He's, he's wearing so. a shirt. You have to use your you imagination. I am so spoiled <laughs> by modern. Now this is fine. You can tell it's a bookshelf. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. It looks like somebody made this out of Lego, but they didn't have very much Lego. So it's... Uh, very... <laughs> it's like, yeah, look. It's, well, it's no, the Atari 2600 didn't have much Lego. Yeah. Very true. Apparently, this guy has taken it upon himself to demake Mist into a variety of old platforms. When you run out of new stuff, you got to start mining the history, looking for things to port to. If you have that much time... I'm waiting hands, for Mist on ColecoVision. <laughs> if you have that much time on your hands and you're creative, make a new IP. Don't demake Mist, please. They could have tailored the game to match the limitations of the console. 
I don't know. I don't think you're reading far enough into this article where he I finds programming in machine language, 6502 machine language. What, did Steve Gibson you. write this, D-Make? It, six no, five, the six five two assembly. assembly. Yes, hmm. assembly, which the Apple II and the Atari and such uh, shared. Yep. He finds it relaxing and likes oh, doing it. Sure. He writes machine language assembly for fun yeah. because it hmm. relaxes him. Okay. Yep. Cool. Some people make like really lousy L- replica L- models. Just some people. L O D S T A that. Some you people know. benchmark graphics cards in their basement. Yep. Alone. And it's weird. Other sure. people have social lives. Probably yeah, they go to a coffee shop <laughs> and program in machine language and that's probably better. Hmm. It's just what they do. Okay. What I'm waiting for is a modern remake of Load Runner. Oh, using Unreal Engine like. 5. Moving on to the reviews portion of our podcast, uh, Jeremy has been hard at work uh, taking pictures of and evaluating a monitor, a big monitor, 28, well, not big, a 28-inch Crystal Pro monitor from Monoprice. Does this have that LG panel from the Ultrafine in it? is unknown because it's a loner so i didn't want to hurt it too much oh, okay and i mean i i love the pr company that sends these but uh, they also really really sometimes struggle to come up with those sort of answers right hey what panel is in this like you know to, to, to provide the best quality experience for our customers we source from a variety of different no places. usually i just get ips top, top quality well, if it's okay, if it's IPS, it's 28 inches, it's 4K, and it's USB-C. I'm just thinking yes. this is a this is a LG Ultrafine. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe there's a lot of these now. 28 inches was the original 4K monitor size. I have a yes, it was. I have a Samsung here that I still use that I got from the old office that they were using at the very beginning of 4K. It's a a TN panel, 4K mm-hmm. monitor looks absolutely dreadful, but it allows me to benchmark games at 4K, and that's all I care about. Fair. Well, I'm glad to say this one does not look absolutely dreadful. It does 4K, 60 hertz. Well, as you're going to expect. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of the reasons that uh, Monoprice sort of said, "Hey, would it be interesting to do this review?" is because it's a USB-C monitor. Right, and honestly, and there, if you read the review, I go on a bit of a diatribe about how, why in the hell, at this point in the world, are we use and it's very shiny as you can see, uh, are we using small pins in our video connectors? Why is VGA still a thing? Why is DVI still occasionally on there? Especially when you buy a 4K monitor and there's a VGA plug on it, you you know it's not going to work. So USB-C allows for you to plug this into a monitor, which is what I did most of my, or uh, onto a laptop, which is what I did most of my testing on. So all of a sudden with USB-C, it becomes not, and I, for video listeners, that is something I want to see more on, on uh, monitors. You can see a proper label on where the plugs go. You don't have to sort of crank your head into an insane angle to try and figure out where is that exact plug. This is brilliant. 
more people need to do it, and it doesn't cost you much at all. But the thing with US, with Type-C is, I plug a cable from my laptop into this monitor, and boom, it is now charging the laptop. My mouse and keyboard are hooked up to the monitor without a secondary USB cable for upstream, and I'm done, and away I go. If you want a game on it, hey, this thing is made for if you're, you're plugging into a desktop or you've got a discrete graphics card in your laptop, you, you, fine, it's not going to charge it. But DLS and uh, FRS mean that at the end of the day, you can game at upscaled 4K. This is not a bad thing at all. The lovely thing is that this bloody thing is currently, and that's one of the reasons I struggled to get it up tonight, uh, just sort of went on sale. The 28-inch is $290. Whoa. And if you don't particularly like IPS and you want a VA, their 32-inch is an extra 20 bucks. So it's currently selling at 310 bucks for a slightly larger, and it's VA. Same connectors, same sort of specs for the power delivery and everything. Honestly, there, there's a lot of stuff, and you see the rotated uh, connector on the back there. You spin it from landscape to portrait, back and forth, without removing a screw. It just so you, spirals. And you have a tilt and swivel stand, yeah. and it's IPS, and it's only 289 That's Yeah, nice. the regular is 360 which is still not bad, but for 289 you get 4K. Uh, it has an HDR10 button. Uh, it does it best 400 nits. So, you know, it's, yes, it will do 10-bit color. Uh, and I'm not hugely impressed by the color gamut of it, but for working, perfect. For gaming, very good. Content creation, yeah, you're going to run into some issues. And that was one of the things I wanted to test was, hey, some people are, hey, USB-C, probably, you know, all the noise on there from the, the data being transferred and everything, it's going to have an effect. Well, guess what? It had nothing, no effect whatsoever on the color gamuts it was able to do. The Monoprice also sent along a uh, deep display port 2.1 to HDMI 1.4, uh, adapter cable because I have had some nightmares with adapter cables where they just flat out destroy the color or they just can't alias at all on a screen and again I mean they're, they're selling them for about cable to go prices slightly under and yeah this thing is brilliant because at work I will order six pack of these cable adapters and I will send five of them back because five of them don't even work. One of them kind of works. I get another five Another get five replaced of those. One, yeah, it works, but you fire up Excel and everything is blurry, and the other, yeah, they don't work. So it's sort of interesting to see that uh, these guys who built their, their reputation on cables, I mean, if you were not a few audiophile on a budget, Monoprice was the way to go. They've spread out, and honestly, I'm, I'm kind of regretting that I didn't buy a USB-C monitor for my laptop a year ago when I was buying one to work at home because yeah that is just stupidly handy the monitor's got my mouse and keyboard attached to it 
all I have to do is move it over there and plug the laptop in. Laptop's charging. Uh, it's uh, Dark Lord is asking if it's true bit, 10 bit vinyl, or if it's doing FRC. I do not have the tools to tell, but as far as I can tell, it is doing 10 bit. I am not seeing any of the cheats that you often see in my AMD card, which refuses to, of course, do 10 bit color and HDR at the same time, refuses to do HDR if I go to 10 bit. It's, it's a really nice mix between a working monitor and a gaming monitor, and the price is just, you know, that that is just something else. Yeah, even, there, if, it, even if it is native eight bit with a ten bit LUT, you know, it's yeah, it still looks fine. Speaking of fine, yeah. I was wrong. LG Ultrafine does not have a twenty eight inch panel because, of course, they have four K and five K Ultrafines. The 4K, it's only 27. Oh, weird. Inches, so not 28. This is a different panel. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, you were looking for the manufacturer well, trying to LG figure it out, right? Well, LG does have a 28-inch 4K panel. Oh, oh, oh. No, but okay. it's not I do fine. ask a question here. Because this one is pretty much bezel-less. Right. Yeah, it doesn't display to the absolute end of it, but the, the basal on it is tiny. So I'm wondering if they are... Uh, fudging that a little bit hmm. Hmm. interesting hmm. Hmm. you know I'm kind of more interested in the uh, dual up monitor myself think of the look at the video oh, it's look, the same it's the same price as that single monitor you just had but look it you could have your preview window in video editing huge up above the uh, yeah. timeline glorious if but you, you turn that sideways thing. then we're going back to the old 4.3 yes I'm all yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. But you could buy two of these and a stand for less. Exactly. And then you can just make price. the preview window on the secondary monitor, and that's just that's the way. And apparently when I send this one back, I'm going to get one of their uh, 35 or 36-inch curved gaming monitors. Ooh. Oh, nice. So we'll see how that goes. High refresh nice. rate and all that stuff. I... All right. Well, check out the review at PCPer.com. That's a website that's a companion to this podcast. And you can read a review in text form with pictures and stuff. Weird. It's days. very progressive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're trying to. We're, we're on the cutting edge diversify. of internet journalism. Mm -hmm. We're taking the old yeah. and making it new it again. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of old, Jeremy, I, I was listening to you describe that and realized that you were just you were just advocating for the elimination of a dock, which is fine because yes. a good dock yeah. is a hundred bucks. Uh, oh no, a good dock is two hundred bucks. A good doc oh, right. is paid okay. for by your employer. So, yeah, yeah. There's, well, still, that. True. I also handle the budget, and I'd much rather pay for a monitor than a dock and a monitor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And an mm -hmm. adapter cable. Because the thing, and this is one of the things that I love about this adapter cables drive me nuts. We're a Dell shop. There is no way to connect a Dell laptop to a Dell monitor without an adapter cable that you buy from Dell. Well, or from somewhere else, but you have to buy an adapter cable. Just give me a USB-C. Give me a USB-C monitor. Give me a USB-C laptop. My problem is solved. Of course, some users send the USB-C cables back because they think they're weird and not compatible mm. with what they have. But that's a whole <clears throat> different thing. Just give me a mono cable. One bloody cable. From monoprice.com. Not a sponsor. Or not. But just give me one game. Hmm. 
Let's move to picks of the week. Josh, please get us started. Okay. So I uh, recently cracked the crap out of my uh, my floor mat. I had bought this one three and a half years ago, and it lasted that long. And I think for, you know, considering other mats that I've gotten in the past that have lasted maybe a year, year and a half, this, this, this was three and a half. It's thick. It's that poly, you know, crystal clear, heavy duty. They, they did upgrade it from the last time. It is you know, 67 bucks, but it lasts and it's clean and it doesn't stay transparent all that three years. It gets pretty scuffed up on the top. But uh, so far of all the ones that I've ever used for my office on carpet, this has really lasted the longest of them all. So you kind of get what you pay for. And it looks sharp for a while and then it gets scuffed up. Thanks, Mine's Josh. Falling apart. <laughs> so, thank yeah. you. Did you just all oh, those old plastic ones? Yeah. 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 Well, it lasted for a bit. Yeah. But yeah, I need to replace that. Thank you for that. I may just buy one. Yeah. Okay. See and use Josh's affiliate link, joshtech.com <laughs> slash. Okay. Jeremy, uh, what is your pick this week? Oh God, if I remember. Oh, yes. Hey, you know how we were talking about how hardware firewalls kind of suck and you can't guarantee that the person you're dealing with is going to update them. PFSense 2.7 just came out. So if you haven't heard of PFSense, you you should probably look into it. But uh, if you have, hey, this is a new stable release. You can update uh, that uh, router that's compatible with PFSense that you've rooted and take over your own firewall. Uh, They also sell them, of course, uh, on software and hardware. But PFSense is something PCPer has been talking about for a long time because it makes a lot of sense if you're a little bit worried or if you just sort of like to play with uh, figuring out how TCP IP works and firewalls and everything like that. So either upgrade or think about looking into it. A lot of new features in this one. They went back to a FreeBSD uh, main branch, which will also solve a few problems. Nice. Brett, your pick this week. This may be beating a almost dead GPU, but I feel like I needed to hit this one again. I think I've picked this one at least once before, maybe twice, but this will probably be the last time that I urge shoppers looking for more pixels to go out and buy the 6950 XT from AMD, but specifically the XFX Speedster version this time, the Merc 319. Hey, it's the Black Gaming, so it's... It's the up. It's the uh, it's the overclock. Slightly, yeah, it is slightly, slightly tweaked one. Five hundred and seventy nine dollars from Amazon, or I think if you want to save ten bucks from Newegg, but I didn't know that about the ten dollars at the time, so I went with the Amazon one. This is a great deal. I don't think it's going to be around all that much longer. If this is performance that meets your needs, and I'm not sure why it wouldn't. Basically, it throws a lot of rasterization around. If you just don't have a grand to spend, this is about half as much, roughly. Um, get this before it's gone. 
The RX 6950 yeah. XT. One last go around. Kent, do you have a pick this week? I do have a pick this week. Um, so for people who are building PCs or build PCs on a very regular basis, like uh, reviewers do, um, one thing you'll notice a bill rising on is thermal paste. Um, for over the past couple of years, I've been using uh, pretty much exclusively Thermal Grizzly Cryonaut and Kingpin KPX. To get 10 grams of either of those is $25 to $30. Um, the, the Noctua NTH2 is $24.95 for 10 grams. Um, Arctic, who has long been a provider of quality paste, has a new paste. It came out late last year uh, called MX6. Um, it is, in my testing, pretty much on par with with the original cryonaut but it lasts better um so it's about a half degree cooler than, or uh, warmer than say your kingpin kpx under most normal circumstances and is a lot easier to apply and clean up than kpx and for a, an eight gram bottle it is twelve dollars so you just can't beat that That's for good quality pace. Yes. Nice. I should start buying this stuff. I have MX4, but I think I pay about $6 for four grams. Uh, I've been using the Noctua stuff for a while. It's been expensive, but good. Yeah, it's expensive. I used to use the NH... What is it? N there was an NTH1, and now there's the NTH2. And you can still one, buy not- the H1. I was not, I'm not out of the NTH one. That's why I didn't buy the two yet. Yeah. The MX four, I feel like is similar to the Noctua. At least it seems to be. I don't like it when my thermal paste is kind of liquidy. There are some where it comes out and it's kind of separated. There's like a watery yes. layer. It's it's the 2019 yeah. version that I've got. 20. As you can see, I go through a lot of thermal paste. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> What you got there, Jeremy? It's thermal paste show and tell. Arctic silver. Oh, I see. No. You got the Noctua. Oh, the NHT one. Yeah. If you're not NTH1. constantly reinstalling CPUs, you can live that way. Or if you just have a lot of money to spend on thermal paste. But hmm. I got tired of it. I started buying whatever was on sale that was similar-ish. And it's you know, I'm probably getting two degrees. I'm leaving two degrees on the table. Yeah, the, I've, <laughs> I've been uh, very impressed with the MX6 since I've been using it. Um, uh, I, I actually haven't had the problem of AM4 processors pulling out of the socket with it, like, uh, with the KPX, um, always got a twist, twist and shout out KPX. It doesn't matter. The key KPX, it does not matter. Warm it up first. I don't care if you just boot to BIOS, let it warm up a little bit, then power down, twist it off. You'll never pull a CPU out of the socket. And I've pulled them out I, of the I, socket I, with Noctua paste before because I didn't warm it up first. I will say this about the Kingpin. I, I still like this paste, but I think that Kingpin really took the term paste to heart when he designed that stuff because uh, it does not let go. 
That's a lot of solids. High. Yeah. So TDS is very high. That's total dissolved solids. That's the viscosity is also amazing. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Well, does anybody have anything else, or should we uh, wrap this show up? Josh no, feels don't give done. An like that. Josh, you have any hmm. words of wisdom? You know, it's summertime in the northern hemisphere. When the I wouldn't say the Ides of summer. Is that even a thing? But anyway, we're not even in the doldrums yet. We've had one of the coolest summers in my area. So watch our podcast, but get outside. Use lots of mosquito spray. There's lots of mosquitoes. Our reservoirs in the West are filling back up. So get away from computers. Enjoy yourself. Live a little life. Get your head up from your phone. I can't say much more than that. Just enjoy your time. It's it's precious. Unlike Jeremy's floor mat. But place an order with Newegg or Amazon before you go outside so that when you're done being outside, it's there at your doorstep when you're ready to well, come you back. Could, you could use your phone while you're outside to place the order. You could. From Amazon you could do that. Too. Maybe you could just while walk to Micro around. Center. You yeah. could do that. That's That would be great. Do that. Then you could walk back with your new purchase. Mm-hmm. Exercise. Yeah, probably a CPU only sold at Micro Center. Get All I'm that, getting yeah. from that is you go outside and you get some exercise. And yeah, yes, the, by going to Micro Center. The, yeah, apparently. Micro Center. Walk, to, walk Center. to Micro Center. Let's take several. Yeah, days I'm not allowed. Me. They don't like people walking over. We don't the stay outside too long because we've just had the world's hottest recorded day ever. Well, yeah. in recorded. And it's going history, to get yes. worse. Except for All Josh, right. who's probably had the coldest recorded day, because mm. that's show, how it works. The show is over.